0: Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval, and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimize your health and realize your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! This episode is all about transformation. We talk yoga, personal journeys, and expressing our true potential with Paul Teodo. Paul is a yoga and meditation teacher and musician from the USA. He received his yoga teacher training certification through YogaWorks, studying under David Kim and Jesse Sheen. Upon graduation, Paul was immediately offered a slot at Brian Kess World Famous Studio in Santa Monica and Paul spent five years there and at other studios in LA, building a reputation as one of the best young teachers in Los Angeles. He continued to study with senior teachers Sarah, Travis, Brian, Steve Ross and meditation under Dr. Lauren Rush. Paul has taught approximately 5,000 yoga classes and he was named a number one yoga teacher in Los Angeles in 2016 by The Culture Trip. In 2017, he moved to Indonesia with his partner and got hired at the world famous yoga barn in Ubud. He currently leads world workshops, classes and retreats all over the world, teaches a full schedule in Bali and has released two albums of instrumental meditation music. We talk through his personal journey that led him to yoga. We talk through becoming a father and how that's changed him, how music and yoga can form to be a very powerful healer. And we talk about all his endeavors and his podcast, the Yoga Teacher Evolution podcast. So we hope you enjoy and really get a lot out of this uh, personal journey that Paul takes us on. I surely did, so enjoy. Okay, so hey Paul, Paul Teodo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and uh, I'm really excited to speak with you.
1: Good morning, good to be here.
0: <laughs> we're, we're finally, I finally get someone who's actually on the same time zone as me. So coming from Bali, Indonesia, amazing.
1: Yeah, just a straight shot south. I love coming to Perth. I've been there like six times, I think, six times, maybe seven. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, you're making me miss Bali even more,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I actually feel the same way. I, I love Perth. Every time we've gone, we've had, like, the most amazing time. The people in Perth are so friendly and welcoming, and, and, and we love it. We always talk about, like, if there was ever, a, a you know, a second home, if we were ever going to raise a family in Australia, like, that's where we'd want to wanna move to, if they'd let us in she's american
0: (laughs) well let's hope it all comes down in a few months then i'm 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 hoping for that anyway yeah me too Mm. all right paul i want to jump straight in because you have a very rich and amazing and wonderful history and future (laughs) and we'll talk all through that so give me a little bit of a, a first up and, and the audience, a bit of a personal journey of where what's led you led you to now, um, as well as, you know, your journey with yoga, which is also what we're here for and music and all that sort of stuff. So I know that's a big question, sure. but um, yeah. the, the floor is yours.
1: <laughs> Great. Um, well, I have been, I was originally born in Chicago, Illinois, um, and I, I grew up in a in a very idyllic Midwest family, and uh, we had like a you know the two kids and the dog and the nice house with lots of consistency. I, I had a really nice childhood. My uh, my brother and I were given pretty much. We weren't wealthy, but we weren't poor. We were we really just had a had a really nice upbringing. I went to good schools, had solid friends, and. And really, uh, um, yeah, had a nice childhood. And then I, I, I moved from Chicago after college into Los Angeles. And uh, I worked, well, first I worked in real estate for a little bit after college. And I enjoyed it, but I, I got this yearning to just do something more meaningful with my life. My, my father used to run hospitals. So um, when your father runs hospitals and you see him making an impact, on the world that's much more meaningful than just financial, uh, it it definitely gave me a calling of, I need to like actually make a positive impact on the planet. And I didn't feel like I was doing that with real estate. So um, I've been a musician most of my life. I moved to Los Angeles and worked in real estate for like a month or two, but I was surrounded by all these people that were going after their dreams. And I was like, well, my dream is not to be a realtor yeah uh, to be a real estate agent so i that didn't that didn't last very long and uh i dove straight into a two year acting program and got really serious about it and uh was playing a ton of music and and just living the life of the the mid 20s starving artist and really enjoyed it for for a while really really enjoyed it um Love, I love everything about music and everything about acting, and uh, the business side of it just destroyed me though, just really beat me down. Yeah. Um, being able to navigate that world was really challenging for somebody who had the excessive idealism that I had, mm. really wanting, wanting uh, my work to be meaningful. And, and being unwilling to do work that I found was not meaningful. Yeah. And when you live in Los Angeles, most of the work is not meaningful. <laughs> it's Coca-Cola commercials and take your shirt off and, and beer and cheesy television shows. And to someone like me who was really yearning for to do work that was a little bit deeper, uh, it was such a, it was not, it was very misaligned. So after a couple of years of trying to fit the, the square peg into the round hole, I developed a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and lost all of my money and was cro- like really broke for like three years and really miserable. I, I, I think I, I went from somebody who was, uh, uh, very comfortable in his skin to somebody who I said had no skin, wow. uh, literally just a, a walking nerve. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah. So I found yoga and meditation during all of that. So I was practicing all this yoga, doing all this meditation, playing all this music. So I was like hyper tuned in hypersensitive,
2: mm.
1: uh, which made for some really nice music but didn't make for a human being that was capable of functioning very well in the real world. Uh there is there is that disconnect, which I think is, is quite often with somebody who's uh with any person who's going through some sort of a spiritual transformation at the same time maybe a dark night of the soul or, or whatnot. Mm. Um, so after a few years of really practicing yoga and playing guitar um, and trying to fit into this acting industry that I I loved the acting so much. And I hated the business so much. It was such a, uh, it was like these two oppo- opposing forces that were just going 200 miles and smashing into each other.
2: Whoa. And it
1: just left me wrecked. So I recognize that to be able to deal with like waking up driving going to audition for like a beer commercial then going to audition to be some like hot cop on like some like incredibly <laughs> cheesy show or, who, or like like police officer who has great abs and it's like just these dumb roles that really just made me like hate myself like so
2: uh, I was
1: doing that for a few years and I just broke down. Like I literally just, the, 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 the wheels fell off the car and I surrendered. And um, I had to do yoga every day and I had to play guitar every day. It was the only thing that could keep me sane. Cause I was, it was just so inconsistent with my values, what I was doing.
2: Mm.
1: So I'm and buggy. And um, I just had to stop. I, I got so bad my fingertips went numb and I couldn't play guitar anymore. So it was the universe literally like taking away the, the only thing that I have left. And at that point I completely surrendered and I got myself some well needed therapy and healing and committed to really committed to meditation and, um, went into it like a 12 step program for, for codependency and some other stuff. And, and, uh, and just completely surrendered
2: mm-hmm. and
1: at that moment I was uh meditating and journaling and and having this like rebirth and I had a very clear spiritual experience in which I was told that I should teach yoga and uh very 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 certain about that mm-hmm. and um a week later, I had no money. A week later, a teacher training came available. I qualified for the scholarship, was able to get half off on the teacher training. And on top of that, like I booked a, a modeling job that paid for the training. So once I made the decision, this is what I was going to do, everything fell into place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, the the job came, the scholarship came, and I did my teacher training and loved it. And started teaching yoga pretty much immediately afterward. And I was pretty lucky. I had, I had a lot of contacts with a, a lot of really good yoga teachers in Los Angeles
0: Amazing.
1: that helped me get opportunities. And I think, uh, I, I, I had a lot of success pretty quickly. Things mm-hmm. were in flow
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, I was at, at the same time I was working very hard, like very, but like it was like enthusiastic work, so it didn't feel like work. You know, but as Eckhart Tolle says, like when you're, when you're, when your actions are infused with enthusiasm, it's literally saying like they're infused with God. So it's like my my outer purpose and inner purpose were in alignment, and as a result, really cool things happened pretty quickly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, my classes were popular. And uh, started playing guitar in my classes and sharing my music with people and uh, still had a lot of residual scarring from, uh, I, I, it wasn't just the acting, it was also some other stuff in my 20s, which I, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but some family stuff mm. that really had some, some wounds uh, that needed to be healed with, uh, with my family. And those, so those, those, it's a gradual process of really healing those, but I was healing them while I was in motion. Mm. So there's a, there's a a meme that says like, you don't have to be completely healed to help people by helping people. You will heal completely. And uh, that's been my experience. That's incredible. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I taught yoga in Los Angeles for five and a half years. And at, My wife and I, she was my girlfriend at the time, we both had retreats in Bali. And I remember saying to her, hey, after we have this retreat in Bali, we should just travel around Southeast Asia for a few months. And she said, like, we should just stay. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. She goes, you wouldn't. And I go, yes, I would. And then from that point on, it was like a game of chicken. They' like, one of us, who is going to back down from this, like, oh, we're actually going to, like, sell everything and move to Indonesia. And neither of us backed down. And, and then we sold everything that we owned and moved to Bali without really having too much of a plan. I'd never even been here. Like, never, never wow. had been here. Really? And, uh, yeah, never been here, and I moved here. And uh, it was the scariest thing I've ever done.
2: Mm. And it was the
1: best decision I've ever made for so many different reasons. Mm. And uh here I am living in this tropical paradise with.
2: Yeah.
1: Now I have I have two dogs and a baby, so I have lots of roots you now, <laughs> lots of responsibility, and and lots of meaning in my life, like deep mm. meaning. You know, a marriage, two dogs, and a baby. <laughs>
0: That's, that's amazing, absolutely amazing and i I want to pull apart a few of those things that you've just spoken about. Um, so can I start firstly with uh, you know an incredible lead up to now and and moving to Bar- moving to Bali without even being there? Wow, wow <laughs> but yeah. It must have been some sort of pull from from somewhere else for you, you know, in in terms of like this. This is the place, and and so many people get that. I'm not sure. Once you got there, you felt that pull to 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 stay and to be there. A lot of people speak about that infamous energy of 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 Bali and and how it sort of pulls and keeps you there. Is that something? Yeah,
2: that I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. My, my wife and I, we, we landed here and then we were lucky enough to get hired at the yoga barn, which is the biggest yoga studio in all of Asia. Amazing place. It took us a while to get hired here.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah.
1: you had to be persistent, you know, which is, you know, the nice thing about being an, an actor for a while is I have a very high tolerance for rejection. Yeah. I can have 50. I can have 15, 20 people in a row tell me no, and it doesn't save me that much,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because in asking, you have 30, 40, 50 nos in a row yeah, before you get a yes. <laughs>
2: um,
1: yeah. So the, the quality of perseverance was something that, that was ingrained within me, and we had to persevere to get hired here and to get to pieces, and, and we had to, you know struggle through uh, quite a bit of uncertainty. My wife, it took her even longer to get hired and, you know, she had to be patient and wait and, and then things fell into place and things really fell into place the last year and a half for both of us and then uh, the pandemic hit and wiped our entire slate clean. Yeah. Just yeah. wiped it out. Yeah. Overnight.
0: Wow. Wow. All right. I'll dive into that in a minute because that's that's what I really want to get into. When you when you started meditating and journaling, I just want to touch on this because it might be this development or this progression of where you've gotten to now in terms of how you practice meditation. I just wanted to touch on that first before I forget. What did what did a meditation practice look like for you when you were in LA and, and doing all these things, these transformative processes that you went through? what did that
1: look like yeah so at first when i started meditating i started meditating just based off of youtube videos mm. and i found like youtube videos uh, a lot of times i'd really like uh, like psychedelic images and i'd sit mm. and i'd watch and i began at uh at that point in my life when i was extremely frustrated and angry because i was trying to have this career as an artist and being met with all this commercialism, and all of this uh, stuff. So I had so much fire going on inside of me, that I would sit down to meditate. And I would go actually, a lot of times I would be able to go into like a pretty deep state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the meditation, I would open my eyes and 20 minutes later, I would be soaked in sweat.
2: Whoa. Like
1: I, had, like I had just gone for a run, like soaked. <gasps> Far out. There was so much resistance inside of me and so much turmoil. Mm. Um, living this incon- life that was so inconsistent with my values while at the same time wanting so badly as a, as a creative and as an artist to, to express myself, wanting to express it in ways that were not available mm-hmm. to me in los angeles one because just getting an acting job is really hard but two the 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 work was not it wasn't like you know los angeles is it's very pop culture
2: Mm. and i
1: was more of like a jazz jazz guy you know Mm. like i was more of an an indie guy so i i looked back and i was like i just wasn't in the right environment yeah and and the 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 um the, the residual effects of that was when I was sitting down meditating for my first couple months, I would literally just, when I was done, I'd be soaked in sweat.
0: That's incredible. But that it's such an important yeah. point to make because a lot of, and in my clinic too, it, it's the the realization that emotions have a physical impact on us is so untold or unspoken of because of the fact that, you know, and I, I, I love bringing back um, disease, illness into emotional suppression areas where those are. You know, full meaning. Louise Hay, for example, you know, that's a very well known way of looking at things. But for you, that, that 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 even that release of stress or the release of the hormones and the, the the cortisol and the and the adrenals, you're almost cleansing or resisting at the same time. It's yeah, it's incredible.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. So now, in terms of yoga, and I know uh, power yoga is, is, is a big, important part of your practice. Explain to me a little bit about how your yoga practice progressed and how, and how that led into where you are now and practicing and teaching.
2: Yes. So in,
1: in case you haven't already figured it out, I'm a pretty intense person. Uh, <laughs> So in Los Angeles, it was a great environment for me with yoga yeah. because the yoga classes are very physical. I mean, mm. Los Angeles is a lot of times known as the fitness capital of the world. Yeah. So there was a very strong but very intelligent fitness component to all the classes in Los Angeles. So the teachers would teach vi- like strong, sweaty, but conscious and intelligent classes. Mm-hmm. And because they were intelligently sequenced and would in- involve things like um, breath work and kumbhaka and meditation and philosophy, um, I would walk into these classes as somebody who has always been very physical, very active, mm-hmm. and I would be just destroyed, drenched in sweat. But I would also walk out of the experience stoned. Yeah. And then I would go sit and play guitar and I wouldn't even have to warm up. I would just be able to write music and it would just flow from me.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'd never experienced this like combination of extreme physical intensity with emotional softness and well being, and then spaciousness and then increasing creativity. It was, uh, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I loved it. I mean, I was hooked from the yeah. beginning, like, like a lot of people I found yoga yeah. through the fitness component of it. So when, when other teachers try and downgrade the importance of that, like I think fitness is huge. Fitness is everything. It's, it's, it's the foundation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, not, not of all yoga, but, but having a healthy body is, is, is like the trunk of the tree or the roots of the tree. And then everything else, you can build upon it. Yeah. So, you know, if you have somebody who, who loses 100 pounds, like my, my sister-in-law,
2: mm. she lost
1: over 100 pounds. That's a spiritual transformation. Mm. You know, if somebody loses that much or somebody gets, to, gets their body into that level of, of well-being, you're going to have a spiritual transformation, even, even if you're not even looking for it. Mm. You know?
2: Yeah. So th- th-
1: that's what the practice did for me. And then, on top of that, I was playing all this guitar and, and and reading all these like beautiful works of literature through these acting classes that were very old school and I mean in terms of consciousness, it just you know power yoga just blew me open mm. it really it was amazing
2: mm.
1: and uh and then as I continued to practice the meditation, you know, as what as happens to most people, meditation found me, breath work found me. Um, I started eating healthier naturally. I stopped drinking as much. I, you know, in my late twenties, I was still drinking like a, like a frat boy
2: sometimes.
1: <laughs> and then slowly but surely, all of that just kind of, just kind of left me. You know, I think, you know, there's Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, the yogi who was from India that came to Los Angeles. He had this lake shrine in Los Angeles, this beautiful, beautiful temple on the side of a hill, which is so beautiful. And he is quoted in saying, like, somebody came to see him, some guy, some Hollywood guy, rich Hollywood guy, and said to him, you know, if, if I start practicing yoga and meditation, Does that mean that I have to stop smoking? And Yogananda's like, no. Does that mean I have to stop drinking? He's like, no. Does that mean I have to stop um, eating meat? He's like, no. Does that mean I have to stop having lustful thoughts about women? He said, no. You don't have to stop any of that. He's like, but what I can't promise you is that if you continue to do this, the desire to do those things will not leave you.
2: Mm.
1: So just trusting that, the yoga and the meditation will open this window within ourselves to be able to recognize, Oh, I have all these unhealthy habits. Mm -hmm. And in that soft, quiet, intelligent place, the desire to do these things will leave us. Mm -hmm. And that that's been my experience. Um, Yeah. I, I used to, I used to drink a lot. I used to smoke a lot of pot, I smoked for a while you know, all of that. And then the yoga, I never like really even set the intention. Like I'm going to stop doing these things, but now you know, like, I, I still enjoy some wine every now and then. I still enjoy like a beer, mm. but the desire to get drunk is gone. Mm. Yeah. Completely gone. I don't smoke pot anymore. The desire to smoke pot has gone. Mm. Yeah. So it's a, uh, the, the yoga worked
0: <laughs> absolutely and unsettled you know ungrounded unsettled i i myself you know i, I found when i was would have been 18 I, I sort of fully found yoga and i felt like i wanted to have a night in just practicing asanas in my room versus going out to a nightclub because i was like this was giving me so much more fulfillment and then like you say a lot of the that that movement base of that yoga, the yoga practice which is you know, like you say there's so many parts to yoga but the asana the the movement is that is the one thing that draws people in first because they feel like there is a focus or they can actually ground or they can move through things and they can actually shift those energy blocks that's what, that's what i found anyway and then moving forward it's natural because you just want more progression and then the yoga just brings in more of those you know good feelings those good good hormones those good neurotransmitters and then you start to really feel good within yourself, so then you're searching out all those things that are going to support that so yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I hear, hear it a lot and, and it's just one of those really yeah amazing practices that uh, encompass really everything that we should be focusing forward on and, and changing so we can actually change people in this way or people can change themselves, should I put it like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So can you, for listeners, give a little bit of a breakdown of what power yoga is compared to what they may know other yogas as?
2: Sure.
1: Um, I was lucky enough to study at Brian test. Cass- studio. And Mm -hmm. also I worked there. Brian Kest was the inventor of power yoga. Mm
2: -hmm. He's
1: from uh, actually from Hawaii originally, or actually from Michigan, then moved to Hawaii and then from Hawaii came to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And he had this yoga studio, power yoga, Santa Monica, and he founded it. And when he came of the name power yoga, it wasn't actually just because he wanted you to sweat. It was because He wanted you to walk out of the room and the experience feeling empowered. So Mm -hmm. so feeling confident, feeling alive, feeling vibrant. And that doesn't necessarily just mean sweating. It means taking child pose on days that you need to. It means taking a break, being gentle, not competing or comparing yourself to other people. Um, And at the same time, if you're looking for it, pushing yourself, going to your edge, going to exhaustion, because I think that's a, that's a large part of it too. Is like, you know, uh, finding that balance between the two. Mm. So this studio was amazing, and the most amazing part of the studio was that Brian. Uh, it, it was a donation-based studio, so it's this huge room, and uh, all the classes were free, or they were by donation. So he mm-hmm. just had a box at the door. And his idea was like, basically, just pay me whatever you want. Yoga should be free. And I'm just going to stay out of the way and teach. And by doing that, with such a great lesson in abundance. By doing that, Brian made more money than anyone
2: wow. by
1: teaching for free. Really? Because he'd have, he'd have 150 people in this class. Wow. And uh, so we all started teaching at this studio. And it was this donation-based studio. You had to actually pay money to rent the room. And then you know, you accepted donations. Mm. And it was the best lesson in abundance
2: yeah.
1: uh, that I've ever been given. Because instant feedback, first off, you had to bet on yourself. Mm. So you, you yeah. know, you lose money. You lose money for six months to a year. Do you really want to teach yoga? Okay, teach for free. <laughs> Like old school, you know, yeah. um, you had to bet on yourself. A lot of teachers lost money. Um, however, if you stuck with it, two or three years later, you'd be making three to four to five times what you could make anywhere else. Wow. And it was all teaching for free. So, so it's like there's very few things that are more pure than like teaching a yoga class for free. And then after the class is done, opening up a box and having it just full of money,
0: <laughs>
1: and and be like, wow, this is like four times what I would make at some corporate studio. Yeah. So me being this like nonconformist rebel just absolutely loved it.
0: Loved it. I ate it um, up. <laughs> my
1: middle my middle finger to the man. You know, like that's that's basically been my, my motto the whole my whole life, and uh, <laughs> so I love that place.
2: Mm.
1: and uh so yeah that's that's where I started and and the thing about that studio is because it was I wouldn't call it cutthroat but you know because it was like you had to really bet on yourself most teachers didn't make it and the ones that did almost all of them went on to do like pretty amazing things in the world Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and you know either they they started their own studios or they're traveling the world or they started like video yoga companies or whatever. And uh, it was a good platform and training ground to, to see what I could do. So having taught there
2: yeah. and
1: being successful, I was like, okay, I can move to Bali without a plan. And as long as I get hired somewhere, I have the perseverance. I have the ability to, um, to handle rejection. And I know I'm good
2: Mm. because
1: I've spent thousands of hours doing this. Like you know, I'm I'm not like a an arrogant way. Like I've I've invested my 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 time and energy into being good at something, so I was confident. You know, like but real confidence, not like Instagram confidence. Real confidence.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah.
1: So yeah, that that was the power yoga, the power yoga myth. Mm. And unfortunately, that studio is now closed. And Brian Kesta. He moved up to Ojai to just to raise to finish raising his kids and to kind of live a more quiet life. What mm-hmm. happened with the studio is all of the senior teachers became so well known that they were gone half the year. Like they are all like traveling rock stars, <laughs> and the studio couldn't sustain itself because uh, the the well known teachers were gone, and the newer teachers like me didn't have the recognition of the of the older teachers to help us build ourselves. And eventually it, and the rents in, in Los Angeles were ridiculous.
2: Yeah.
1: So it, and unfortunately it didn't work out, but I got to experience a couple of years of it and really like building something. So I built something, you know, yeah. it's a very like healthy masculine quality to like to build something meaningful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it taught me a lot, you know, by the end of it, my classes were packed, mm. but it took time you know, quick
2: time.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. So moving, so from, from there, moving to Bali and then into the yoga barn, have you brought that, you know, that power yoga straight into the, the yoga barn? And so give me a little bit of a, an idea of what that looks like now. And are you still running classes there at the moment in this, you know, weird and wonderful period?
1: Yeah. So, um, First off, yes, I got the yoga barn and I basically uh, was able to take off running because the yoga barn has these big rooms. So I'm used to teaching in a big room, just like in Los Angeles. The rooms were big. They held like 80 to 100 people. Mm -hmm. Same thing here in Bali. So I I felt very familiar with it. And the beautiful thing about the yoga barn, which is very similar to Brian Kest's donation based studio, is you have a millionaire and you have a backpacker right next to each other. And they're both practicing yoga. So it's not just like, you know, it's not like this, it's not like a too hippie environment where everybody's like a, you know, a starving artist. And it's also not this like posh, like elitist. It's like this place is just this melting ground and um, and just a beautiful environment. So, so I, I started teaching there and, and you know, tourism was hopping and the yoga barn was this established environment and i was an established teacher i taught meditation i had this guitar meditation uh power yoga yin yoga yin yang yoga hop i could teach all of it because i've been you know doing this for a while and uh yeah it's just beautiful just an amazing experience and was leading trainings, and was leading um uh retreats all over the world and really just living my <laughs> the this living my best life. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag li- living mm. my best life <laughs> with my with my wife. Uh and then uh Corona was the sledgehammer that just destroyed all of that. Just yeah. no. wiped it out. Wow.
0: Yeah. So I- Tell me a bit about that now. You know, what, what does it look like now for you? Obviously, you know, for a lot of people, corona has been a reset, I would say, uh, you know, if, if, that's, if, that's a, if that's a thing. Um, I, I felt for a lot of people it's been horrible but also at the same time ungrounding to then reset a new boundary or a, or a, or a new level for them or that realisation of, like, what what was I doing <laughs> For a lot of people, yeah. and what, what are my true values really? For you, what what did what does that look like now? You know, where, where are you headed <laughs> at the moment? And I was going to leave this until last, yeah. but we'll we'll do this this now and just have a chat through. You know what 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 are you what are you looking for now? You know, what, what what's this all look like? Well, I
1: I think I'm the only person that I know that Corona has revealed to me. Mm. That I was doing exactly what I wanted to do with my life.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: But not, but it's not awesome because it, it's extremely uncomfortable.
0: Well, yeah, you have to sit with that now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like it, it, I, I compare it to like being a professional athlete that like made it to the NBA yeah. and then they like blew out their knee.
2: Yeah.
1: And and people are like, well, maybe you maybe you'd like to go work at a bank. And I'm like, no, (laughs) maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you want to, you know, work online and and I work online just like all the other, you know, wellness professionals. And, and, and and it's been great. and And it's been really meaningful to me and meaningful to a lot of other people all over the world, but it's not, it's not my preferred method. I'm an extrovert. I like to work with people I'm an artist, I'm a performer, like all of these things, yeah. all of these things require my wife and I and my friend Byron who works with me to gather large groups of people together to travel internationally, which is like the hardest thing in the world to do right now. Actually, it's not, you can't even do it. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's been extremely uncomfortable
2: Mm. and,
1: uh, I've had to, I've had to, to pause and and reflect, and and it's been uh, my reflections have basically led me to say, oh, like, what do I want? I wanted exactly what I had, and I'm one of the like the only person that I know that's like that really was like, well, I was doing all these things for the wrong reasons, or this is how I'm going to shift and this and that. And for me, it's like, yeah, I had exactly what I wanted and I built it the way that I want. And I was in my own dharma and my own integrity. And, Mm. you know, so it's been, uh, it's been gratifying because there's a deeper level of resolve in terms of, okay, when international travel opens up and, Large groups of people can gather together again. I'm just gonna go straight back into doing what I was doing with with strategic ways in which um, I can challenge myself with more trainings and and build certain things online. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I like I said, I I'm, a, I'm an intense person, and the lack of intensity has been very uncomfortable for me.
0: Yeah. And
1: you can be intense and still be calm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: So it's not like a, yeah, it's not like a, you know, in in a city like Los Angeles or Sydney or even Perth, like everybody is going too fast.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In Bali, everybody's going too slow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like like there is this desire for me to, like I, I often tell people like I spent the last seven years like building a Ferrari and now the the Ferrari is stuck in a one year long traffic jam and it's going 10 miles an hour. And I don't know if you've ever been in it, if you've ever been in a car like that, but it's actually uncomfortable to drive a car like that, that slowly. And that's basically my life right now. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Analogy.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Oh, uh, backing up a little bit, I think this online environment and I I, I would say I'm, I'm a, a little bit similar to you where I, I like the intensity. I like to be in front of, I'm a lecturer. I like teaching. I like, you know, and as soon as COVID happened, lecturing was literally taken away from me because of the fact that everything went online. And I, I miss it so much. It's, you know, the, the yeah. feedback you get from people in front of you, Um, You know, even the students, the value they give me, teaching me, you know, as I've I've gone through my journey, I, I get the most teachings from my clients, my students. So to go online and to even, you know, even for this, you know, I would much prefer if we were face to face. It's just so much, it's just so much richer. But the way the world's gone now, obviously, it's all online. So it definitely leaves a gap. And, and it's not, it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. A lot of people are thriving in that environment. And obviously that suits them. But for those who love that connection, who feed off that energy, it's, it, yeah, it's not the same. And, and it does, it saddens me a little bit to hope that we we do get back to that. But I feel somehow, you know, we are, we are going to be a digital world, uh, you know, majoritively, which is, you know, says, says something in itself. Um, so, you know, I, I completely understand that and that intensity for the energy to share. I think you've got some, you know, amazing gifts to give people and that, that needs to be done in, in an environment where you're all, you're all together. So from that, I wanted to talk a little bit about your music because that also fascinates me. And the music with the yeah. How how did you bring that together? And I know, you, you know live music within within yoga classes, and, and how, how have you found that over the years that's influenced the practice, the people? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I started playing music at, like, 13, 14 years old, playing guitar, started with Dave Matthews and, you know, Metallica, The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, all that stuff. And uh, continue to play throughout college. And I used to actually play at bars with my friend in college. And uh, he was my, my, one of my best friends. And at the age of 21, he died in a motorcycle accident. And when he died in the motorcycle accident, I, I, uh, I gave his eulogy. And I played. I, I was one of the people that gave his eulogies and I played guitar at his funeral and then I stopped playing guitar for 10 years in oh front of people gosh. because wow. I, I just couldn't uh, couldn't do it I just couldn't didn't want to I felt like I was betraying him and just had a lot of fear around playing playing in front of people and uh, so then as I started practicing yoga and meditation, I found these open tunings, which allowed me to, to write different types of music and create melodies while there were drones underneath, which gave it a really cool way in which you're almost like telling a story through through instrumental guitar, taking people on a journey, and I started writing all these pieces, and at the same time started... Practicing yoga and then started teaching uh, yoga, and I remember I was working with a mentor, and we were we were moving through like uh, you know the, the basic uh, tasks and steps, and he basically said like I'm not moving you on to this next step until you play guitar in, in front of your students in front of other people because mm-hmm. like it's a huge block for you, and. I didn't want to do it, but I knew that he was right. And I knew that it was something that I needed to do. And I was terrified of playing
2: Mm -hmm. my
1: own music in front of people. And I remember the day that I decided I was going to do it. I meditated and journaled about it and called my mentor, talked to him about it. And it was like, I was ready. I was going to play my guitar during Shavasana. And I got the class. With, I was subbing from my friend, who's kind of like a famous yoga teacher at the time. And so the class was packed. And I knew it was going to be packed. And it's what I wanted. And so I taught a class. It was a pretty good class. And sat down at the end of class. Everybody was quiet. In a quiet, meditative state. And I started playing my guitar, and I played terribly. <laughs> oh no! Just sucked. I sucked.
0: Oh
2: no! And
1: um, and then I got done, put the guitar away, got you know finished the class. Some people walked. People walked out, and. Got in the car, called my sponsor, my my mentor, and told him what happened. And he's like, good. He's like, the only thing that matters is that you did it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also recognized that I did all these spiritual things. I was like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to play. I'm going to journal. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to call my, my, um, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to call my mentor make sure that I'm in this thing. I forgot to play the freaking guitar. <laughs> I forgot to actually practice.
2: Do it, yeah.
1: And, and warm up because mm. I was doing all of these esoteric things, mm. but I forgot to do like the, the most obvious thing.
0: Right.
1: To actually just play the guitar.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, next time I played, I played well. Mm. But it was important that I, that it was important to fall on my face. And I think it's important for everybody yeah. To fall flat on their face.
0: Absolutely.
2: All the time. It lessons. And, yeah. And,
1: yeah. It's that, you know, those qualities of, of perseverance and being able to handle rejection. If you, if you can't do that, you're never going to be able to succeed at anything. Mm. Any, anything like special.
0: Mm. Oh, I totally agree. You know? So important. Yeah. And such an important message there. Absolutely. You yeah. always know the e- extreme... Heightened, you know, jump that you make when you fall very quickly, and and how quickly you learn from that, or you know, you change quite quickly after that. So, wow. And yeah, from that point, go ahead, sorry. So, from that point, that was obviously broke the ice for you a little bit, (laughs) and then went into doing that more often, obviously, into the classes, and that became a signature of yours.
1: Yep, it became the signature and more and more people started saying, like, hey, I could listen to you do this for an hour.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, Well, I guess I should I guess I can try turning it into a a, a meditation, uh, mm-hmm. like a like a guided guitar meditation. And so I did that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I started playing a like a guided guitar meditation. And at this point, I was already starting to have a decent amount of success with the actual yoga, so there's there is some confidence really building inside of me,
2: mm. so I
1: started doing these guitar meditations, and I would have like one person, two people, three, then I'd get seven, and then I would go back to like two, but I knew that something was coming
2: mm.
1: and and uh and then I got hired at this meditation studio that had really, really good energy and, and also very good marketing. It was a well-run business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she hired me to do these guitar meditations. And this is another thing I think you learn about abundance is, is environment is really important yeah. for a, abundance. So my guitar meditation was two people. I, they put me into this other environment and all of a sudden they were 60 you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, and it, it took time to build, but I believed in it, and I knew that a that a lot of people were getting something out of it, and the compliments that I was getting from people were very sincere, and very meaningful to me.
2: Mm-hmm. So it
1: gave me a lot of uh, resolve that this is what I was supposed to be putting out into the world. Yeah. And then, like, it got to the point where the these guitar meditations I do were always sold out, and I didn't even have to market them; like, they just they just sell out, and and it was just a beautiful feeling. And mm. I, and now I I took them all over the world, mm. and uh, did a did a bunch of them, a couple of them in Perth actually at, at Frio, yeah, E-Shed, uh, yeah. yeah, Fremantle Yoga Center, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I used to. Have, um, I had my practice
1: there for a little while,
0: just
1: for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kate's a good friend of mine. She's wonderful.
0: Yeah, gorgeous. Um,
1: yeah. So yeah, so that's that's kind of how that happens, and I released two albums, and you know, i i the, the people still seem to really love the music. It's been a big. It's been really hard for me not to be able to play. In yeah. front of people. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I, like, I, I can mic my, my my guitar and play in front of people in a in a laptop like we're doing right now, but mm-hmm. I feel it's like an uneven energy exchange. I actually feel depleted.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't feel, I feel sad. Yeah. So I don't really do it right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And right. even like, yeah, I, I think uh, other people. Maybe they they get more out of it. Other musicians that I know, but for me, like I feel like I'm. If I were to do it, I'd just be doing it for you and not doing it for myself. Yeah, and, yeah. you know,
0: absolutely. I feel much the same about speaking to an audience yeah. over over here. You know, and that 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 for me is draining. I guess because I you know you felt it that you know when you're in an audience, you you know what it feels like. So yeah yeah Yeah. Paul I wanted just to um bring you back into the you made a comment about the environment for abundance could you break that down a little bit do you mean do you mean energetic do you mean supportive environment do you mean so what do you mean by that
1: well I think it can go so many different ways and I think in some ways it's very unexplainable so think about so here's a story about like Jimi Hendrix Mm
2: -hmm. Jimi
1: Hendrix was in New York City uh, for years. He would play guitar on the street. He was broke. He was, you know, starving and playing incredible music that nobody wanted to listen to. And he was not making any money. And then he, some guy, I think this guy from The Birds, happened to hear Jimi Hendrix and was like, I'm going to take you to London to record at this place and you're going to meet Eric Clapton and Hendrix was so exhausted and burnt out he was like I don't even want to go fuck this like I I, I don't even like what's the point he's like just trust me he's like I think they would really enjoy what you're hearing
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and basically if you read the story Jimi Hendrix landed in London and seven days later was like famous so, you, you take, I mean, the music that he was playing in New York is the same music. It's not like he went through some, like, massive spiritual transformation. Like, he just took the same music that wasn't working in one environment and put it into a different environment and flourished
2: immediately. Mm.
1: So, I think that there, especially with creativity, yeah. uh, there's something to be said for you need to find the right environment for your authentic expression which Hendrix was able to do and for me I think like I said environment like I, I I look back at Los Angeles and me as an actor and as a musician and I was like that there's there's no way I would have flourished in Los Angeles
2: mm. it wasn't
1: the right environment it wasn't the right soil for that type of plant mm. and and there's no amount of spiritual work that I could have done. There's no amount of like ayahuasca ceremony or whatever. It wouldn't have worked mm. for, for me to for me to flourish. I would have had to leave that environment and plant seeds in a different type of soil. Yes, and and I think that that's what a lot of times I think there's there's a message that a lot of people miss about abundance.
2: Mm.
1: It's like maybe you're doing everything right, and you just need to move the seed to a different plot of soil yeah
0: yeah i i, I completely agree and i i you know, I, i've i seen it in other people and i've felt it you know even with other with with myself if you feel like a block it, there's a there's a blockage where you currently are and you need to shift to actually you know and spread your wings <laughs> put it put it that way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think that's it was, it was just a really important point I wanted to bring to attention because I think we, we don't consider that enough, the environment that you're actually creating or doing your work or, you know, feeling like you're, you're, you're wanting to be um, fulfilling or in the flow uh, and then moving forward from that. So that's, yeah, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it also goes sometimes with financial abundance too because I even though at the end of my, my time in Los Angeles, I was really flourishing as a yoga teacher. Mm. Um, Los Angeles was never a place where I flourished financially. I flourished in Chicago and I was in real estate and I flourished in Bali mm. ever, since, ever since I moved here. But in Los Angeles, there was just, it was, and it's a very expensive city. So there's, like, there's also like very real world like obstacles <laughs> yeah. to flourishing because it's super expensive, but I think, again, it was maybe one of those things where, like, like, if you look at what I was doing, like, I was, you know, financial abundance, I was being responsible, I was meditating, I was setting intentions, setting goals, and I was, like, just getting ahead just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, but never quite, like, flourishing, and the second I left Los Angeles, I went back to, like, to, to... I wouldn't say like, not like I'm not a millionaire or anything, but like my wife and I are, are comfortable,
2: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and
1: we're comfortable even now, even now with, uh, with, um with this whole pandemic and, and me being underemployed, mm-hmm. my wife being, un- we're not un- unemployed, we're underemployed. We're still, yeah. yeah, we're still like, we're still financially comfortable. So I, I think that part of that was also, Environment. Like, every time I go to Perth, everything falls into place for my wife and I. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, that's part of the reason why I love coming to Australia and going, especially to Perth, though. Like, the, the right people show up. We always get invited to, like, a cool party. Somebody will let us, like, borrow their car. Sometimes we <laughs> get, like, a free place to stay. And, like, it's just incredible. So, yeah. like, the, that's part of it. I love Perth. Like, every time <laughs> I've gone, it's just been a home run. Like, it's just great. Oh, My wait. yoga classes and, and meditation classes in Perth are always packed. Right. Like like, where, where are these wonderful human beings coming from? Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, God, for, for Perth.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you were very well known here when oh, I started to put the word out. Uh, your name yeah. multiple times, so yeah, it's yeah. incredible.
1: Well, so, I, 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 I love Perth. I love yeah. it. I love that area. that people are been so nice to my wife and I. And it seems just like it's just such a beautiful little small town, big town at the same time. And yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. It's fast enough for you, but not too draining, which is that's how I see it. Cause yeah. you, you've got lots of rest yeah. on the beach and, and the bush. So it's a big, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, um, I'm here as well now. So if you ever need anything to fall into place, I can always give you a hand as well. So
1: <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> so in terms of your podcast, I want to talk onto that now, uh, Teacher evolution. So with the yoga teacher evolution, tell me how you got into that, and and how is that going? And and you know, offering obviously a service to those yoga teachers and talking through aspects of that uh, sounds fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. I started it with my friend Michael, Michael Henry. He's a physiotherapist, and uh, and we basically created the podcast to help yoga teachers who feel like they weren't given adequate training to be able to go out into the real world and be successful and to feel confident. Uh, After being here in Bali for several years, um, I just really recognized how lucky I was to be trained in Los Angeles with the people that I was trained by. They were really good, really good. And then just meeting so many men and women that would graduate their teacher training and be like, I had a beautiful experience but I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. So mm-hmm. Like, well I guess I just need to take another training. And that to me, that really bothers me because if, if I'm if I'm listening and marketing something as a yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. then it's my job to be able to get you qualified to be able to go out into the real world and get a job. It's yeah. not just about like love and light and and manifestations and you know and all of those things are beautiful and we offer them mm. but like at the end of the day like you need to be proficient enough to walk into a yoga studio and get hired yeah. otherwise i haven't done my job mm. and 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 we are good at that like my my company my my teacher's training like our students go out into the world, world and teach and they're confident mm-hmm. so we created this podcast basically to fill in the gaps with a lot of things that, that aren't being talked about
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and, and, and the things that are being left out in a lot of teacher training in mm-hmm. order to give students the confidence that they need to to have their dream, you know, yeah. what they invested in. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and it's also like we also interview people, you know, our, our podcast was originally called The Rat Race Rebellion, but so we were also <laughs> interviewing a lot of people who – basically left a job that they hated to pursue a job that they love so that there's still that element of it too so i interview people that are now living a a life that they're really passionate about and and that's fun too because i don't just want to talk about yoga and neither does my like i love yoga and i love meditation but there's lots of other things that we're interested in as well you know
0: yeah absolutely yeah that sounds fascinating so yes, there's a lot of um, revolution into people changing up careers and, and the realisation that the nine-to-five is not, you know, not ideal for us or our bodies or our brains or our creati- creativity. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I find that fascinating too. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I just wanted to run through with you what, what's, what's the future look like for Paul at this stage? Um, I see you do have a retreat, hopefully planned. Well, I see a 2020 yeah. somewhere. So talk me through what you've got coming up, what you've got planned. I know Corona can throw in curve balls, but we'll leave that aside for a minute.
1: Yeah, so I have a lot. I, I, I'm doing a lot. I have a an online mentorship available for anybody who has done a teacher training that either they don't feel confident or they were confident and then their studio closed for a year and now they're just getting back into it, and they were feeling rusty. So yeah. that's called Going Pro, and it starts on May 2nd. It's virtual. Uh, anyone in the world? Amazing. I have a teacher training in July that's also virtual, uh, yin-yang yoga teacher training. So mm-hmm. anybody who wants to learn how to teach yin yoga, myofascial release, and also myofascial el- elasticity. And then I have another training in September, mm-hmm. hopefully in Bali at the Yoga Bond. <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. amazing hopefully we have two retreats planned, one in Santorini in Greece. And I don't know if you've ever been to Santorini, but it's freaking awesome. You have been there? Yeah. Oh my god. It's like one of those Santorini is one of those like touristy places that actually lives up to the height. Like I went there and I was like, Yeah, this is touristy and I still love it. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. And the food is so good and yeah, so we have a t- retreat in Greece at the end of September, and then we have a retreat in the south of France right after that. So we have these two retreats that we've had to postpone a few times. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and we have some spots available because they were both sold out,
2: mm-hmm. but then because
1: of, like, having to shift with corona and everything, like, so we have spots available basically for everything right now. Nothing is sold out right now, but the, the training, the in-person stuff is almost sold out.
0: hmm mm-hmm. So. mm-hmm.
1: It, it's nice to that. see that there's, yeah, there's still this demand. People are itching oh, to travel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. They just, like, can't wait to see humans again. <laughs> it's,
1: especially you Aussies. It's like part of your, it's ingrained in your DNA to travel. It's got to be oh. so
0: hard. Like I feel, I feel like I'm locked travel. with a ball and a chain at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was meant to go traveling last year, and then it, like at the time that COVID hit, I was like, "No, you can't do this." To yeah. Me. <laughs> for everyone, for everyone, it was the same. Oh, that's so exciting, Paul! I'm 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 so excited that you're going to get to do these live ones, and I'm I think it will happen. You know, it, it's been long enough that we've had to not be traveling and not moving around, so I'm very positive for those things to be happening. And Santorini, that's oh, South France as well. Like, come on, <laughs> they're both amazing. I know. <laughs> And, uh... <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So any parting words in terms of, you know, last thoughts, what really makes you tick every day, anything that, you know, has, I know it's been a really tough time for you and, and so many other people in the last year and a half uh, or year or so. Tell me, you know, what what do you do every day that you have to do to get through the day?
1: Uh. For me right now, meditation and exercise, whether it's practicing yoga or going for a run or going to the gym like those two things are super important um and also like spending time to talk to other men in my life that 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 are supportive and mm-hmm. and helping me that can help me just stay happy and sane. Yeah. yeah, and then also spending, also spending every day, spending a few quality hours with my wife and my son because yeah. I have a little baby. So I mean, that's that's actually the foundation of everything. Is every day if I get a few hours just to play with my son, uh, it changes everything.
0: Oh, it does. It, and that's what I, I was going to get into and actually ask you, and that's brought me back to that becoming a father. How, how did that change your perception if in any way it may not have but you know did did it change you and and what were those major changes that you noticed
1: yeah it it, it just completely cracked and smashed my heart open in ways <laughs> that i never could have imagined it was so beautiful um uh, and watching my wife give birth was the bravest thing I've ever seen a human being do. And then watching, I mean, I, I do a lot of work, but the mother always does more work the first year. Like, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, it's is. just more responsibility for her. Yeah. You know, so it's just seeing the sacrifice and the, she's just, a, she's a superhuman person. And uh, it just gave me a newfound respect for all women. Um, all women, and particularly all women that have that have given birth to children and raised children, and the the real importance of the mother, and then it's also been very challenging for me as the father who wants to go out and provide for his family and to um, you know to go to work. Like I you know I I want to go to work and and come home not exhausted but tired. After a meaningful day of doing something that I love,
2: mm. so
1: the, it has definitely like pushed that very instinctual urge that I have to like go out and hunt the buffalo. You know what I mean? Like that's
2: mm. – I have
1: that very much inside of me. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be a stay-at-home dad. Uh, as much as I, I want to spend several hours a day of quality time with my son, like I also like like I, I want to work. You mm. know? So it's mm. been. It's really pushing up against me, really pushing up against that healthy masculine instinct. Yeah. And uh, so my choices are basically to not work or work but not work as much. I, I am working, and, and Yoga Barn's open, and, and but I'm not working as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Or I could do more online work, which, you know, not only am I a little burnt out at, but a lot of other people are burnt out too. So a lot of yeah. these trainings, they they aren't filling up quite as as fast as they were a year ago because people are like, "I'm I'm over it." So yeah. so you know, again, it's just it's just learning to persevere and learning to be patient and and also like acknowledging like my own the inner frustrations that I that I'm going through as, as a father and wanting to you know to back to building my dream you mm. know put, yeah. my, put my dream back together
0: yeah and that makes you happy and that makes you a better father a better husband and you know, better provider in, in a sense that you're just going to be 100 percent you
1: exactly yeah I, I, my my own father uh he really set a great example of like, like he, he he worked hard That it was like his passion and his dream. He wasn't, it wasn't quite to the level as, as I've been lucky enough to have, mm. but it was, it was definitely meaningful work to him. So I got to see a man wake up every day and go build something meaningful. Yeah. And that, that to me, is how you, one of the best ways you can set an example for a, your children in, in a healthy, fatherly, or masculine, whatever you want to call it, like that, yeah. that type of way. you know um i don't want to yeah i'm not the kind of guy in no no offensive i'm not the kind of guy who wants to like work three hours a day like that's not me i Mm -hmm. want to work yeah like i want to work and build things and and, and try to reach my highest potential so that my son can see it
0: yeah absolutely and there is nothing you know i think that that in itself is just building a life that you love and creating an example of what you what you can have full potential as a human that's living that's living a life that you're really proud of yeah yeah well yeah. oh, that's incredible well thank you for that insight paul and i you know it, it, i think a lot of people would would agree that you know being a father it really changes you and in just those exact ways that you have said i think they're really important to to be said yeah so thank you so much yeah
1: you're very welcome
0: (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today so thank you so much i had such a good time and just listening to your story has been so enriching so thank you so much
1: thank you it's been a pleasure it's been a super pleasure and uh i look forward to someday meeting you down in perth uh my favorite my favorite town in australia you can meet the whole family (laughs)
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's a promise. <laughs> so Paul, before we go, tell everyone where, you, where they can find you. So your links and all those sorts of things. Yep. Uh, at
1: and my Instagram is at Teodo, T E O D O yoga guitar Instagram. Uh, and then the teacher trainings are at elements of dot And, the, everything else, and just go to my Instagram that's that there's links to everything on my Instagram the the the, uh, the the mentorship the trainings the retreats in Greece and France are all there.
0: Perfect amazing Thank you so much and again I appreciate your time today and spending it with me so thank you so much You're very welcome See ya. For listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website revitalhealth.com.au for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and we not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.